You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you along. Chris Gordy here with you on today's show. We'll hear from some of the SEC coaches as they prepare for week three of conference play, including some audio of Kirby Smart taking a shot at his buddy Jeremy Pruitt. What to make of that? We'll also catch up with our buddy Carter, the power Bryant, been covering the SEC for many years. We'll get his thoughts on the first two weeks of SEC play. And lastly, some must-hear audio from Mike Leach on the air raid offense and the air raid siren. You do not want to miss this audio. Yes, it is Mike Leach simulating an air raid siren with his voice. As I said, I'm Chris Gordon. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked On SEC for free wherever you get your podcast. We are here for you five days a week. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes available each and every day. All right, first and foremost, before we hear from the coaches, let's get into a little bit of the SEC Players of the Week. On offense, Alabama quarterback Mac Jones was named the Offensive Player of the Week, passed for a career-best 435 yards, completed 74% of his passes, threw a career-high four touchdown passes, including strikes of 78, 2, 87, and 63 yards. He leads the nation in passer rating at 222.1. Mac Jones, the best player on offense in the SEC this week. On defense, it's two guys, Arkansas linebacker Bumper Poole and Arkansas DB Joe Fouché. Both those guys making it for the defensive side. For Bumper Poole, Career-best 20 total tackles in the win over number 16 Mississippi State. Single-game high in the FBS this season. He's one of only nine SEC players in the last decade to have 20 or more tackles in a single game. And he's the first Arkansas player to have 20 or more tackles in a game since Jerry Franklin did it back in 2010. As for Joe Fouché, career-best two interceptions in the win against Mississippi State, tied for the single-game high in the FBS this season. He is one of four FBS players this year with two interceptions and at least uh, half a tackle for a loss. First racer pack with two interceptions and a win since Tremaine Thomas did it against Auburn in 2011. Special teams player of the week is the Ole Miss punter Mac Brown. And a 56-yard punt in the final minute regulation that flipped the field and helped Ole Miss to an overtime win at Kentucky. Freshman of the week in the conference, Alabama DB Malachi Moore made his second career start at the Starback or Nickelback spot in the Tides 52-24 win over Texas A&M. He had six tackles with four solo stops, had his first career interception, and broke up two more Aggie passes. And your offensive lineman of the week, how about Big Ben Cleveland from Georgia? Had five knockdown blocks, graded out 83% during the Bulldogs' dismantling of Auburn. He was part of that newly aligned unit on that uh, offensive line after three of their members from last year were drafted. He helped first-year starting quarterback Stetson Bennett get sacked only a single time in the entire game. And by the way, he's got the best nickname in sports, in, in, in all the sports, Big Country. Apparently got his nickname when he was at 14 years old, got locked out of the house after school, shot a squirrel, and was frying him up when his parents got home from work. Doesn't get any better than Ben Big Country Cleveland. And lastly, on the defensive line, SEC Player of the Week, Zachary Carter for Florida. He had eight total tackles on Saturday in Florida's win over South Carolina. It's a big disruption against the Gamecocks offense, and he's tied for ninth in the SEC in sacks after two weeks. So there are your SEC Players of the Week. Congrats to all those guys. Rightfully deserved. 
All right, let's get into it. Let's hear from the SEC coaches. SEC coaches. First up, let's hear from Nick Saban getting ready to face his, I guess now nemesis, we can call him, Lane Kiffin. Look, they'll act like they're buddies. They're not buddies. Let's hear Nick Saban talking about the Ole Miss attack. Ole Miss has been a team that's created lots of problems for us in the past, uh, ruined a couple seasons for us. Uh, so we certainly need to have the proper respect for this team. And if we don't, with the number of points that they've scored, um, you know, 42 and 35 in the first two weeks and one of the top offensive teams in the country, um, we're going to, you know, we, we, we need to have the proper respect for what we're going to have to do to go on the road and play well to have success. I don't know how good Lane Kiffin is going to be at Ole Miss, but one moment where he can breathe a sigh of relief for Nick Saban is that Hugh Freeze is not coaching at Ole Miss anymore, as you mentioned there. They kind of had their number for a couple of years there against Alabama. Over at Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher talking about facing the likes of Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts, and Jimbo says Kyle Pitts not going to be easy to slow down. Does a really good job, I think one of the best of, of the quarterbacks, throwing the covered guys and throwing them open. And what I mean is putting the ball where they can get it, no one else can get it, and they use the size and length and the ball skills to adjust. It's a combination of Trask and him. But he is a, such a unique talent because his verticality, his versatility move in and out. And he, I mean, he run, I mean, our tight ends really run well. This guy runs like a wideout. I mean, he has really, really great top end speed, good accelerations and ball skills. I mean, they'll put him out there and back shoulder fade him, dig him, throw him up. I mean, you know, there's just so many ways he gets the ball and, I mean, he is. You got to know where he's at and how you match him and, and what goes on. He, he's an extremely, extremely hard matchup. Six touchdowns are ready for Kyle Pitts to tie in at Florida and counting. The Aggies will have a heck of a day trying to defend him. Over at Mississippi State, Mike Leach talking about playing Kentucky, returning back to Kentucky where he once coached and what it's going to be like facing the Wildcats. Gritty team, tough, gritty team. It'll be a contrast of uh, they want to run the ball and uh, use the clock, uh, you know, uh, we're going to throw it. Um, uh, they're good on defense. In, in, uh, both defenses, I think, are starting to kind of take shape. Um, I know they gave up some points, but uh, <clears throat> a lot of them were shots, you know, kind of shots that hit for uh, for Mississippi or Ole Miss, I think. And, um you know, but down in and down out, they played better than the score suggests. Mississippi State playing Kentucky this weekend. And my last bit of audio, how about Kirby Smart? I kept the media question in here because Kirby is asked about Jeremy Pruitt. Are they still buddies after that whole, you know, Cade Mays transfer thing? Accusations of toxic environment and him saying not the healthiest of environments uh, for, for Cade Mays using that in their uh, attempts to get – the waiver. Did you have any discussions with Jeremy, or has that impacted your relationship with Jeremy? Not really. I know coaches in the SEC will do anything they can to get guys eligible, and that's that's their decision. Who coaches in the SEC will do anything to get their guys eligible? Got to think though, if the shoe is on the other foot, Kirby wouldn't have a problem with it. That is hearing from the SEC coaches here on the Locked On SEC podcast. Just a couple more notes. This is from Pro Football Focus. Highest passer rating among SEC quarterbacks this week. Matt Corral leading the way at Ole Miss with a 152 passer rating this week. Mac Jones in Alabama was number two. Kyle Trask number three. And how about number four, 
Felipe Franks at Arkansas, a 117 passer rating. He got the job done against Mississippi State. And then for highest-graded running backs in Week 5 of college football, two guys from the SEC making the top five, Chris Rodriguez at Kentucky was number one on the list, and John Emery, number two at LSU. So two uh, really good backs there making some headlines in Week 5 of the college football season. Of course, we call it Week 2 of the SEC. Coming up next... Our conversation with our buddy Carter, the Power Bryant. We will go around the SEC with him, and I got a feeling he won't be very happy to talk about that Auburn Georgia game, as he, like me, picked Auburn in that one. We'll discuss with him next. Look, let's face it: when you need something for your car, a lot of times we always feel like, "Oh, it's just easy. Let me just run to, to the chain store across town and go get what I need, and walk up and down the aisles, and then." Got people pestering me. Hey, can I help you find what you're looking for? And then half the time, they don't even know where to find it. They got to go type it into the computer to find the part. Save yourself the hassle. Go to rockauto.com. They will find what you are looking for for your vehicle. They are a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. rockauto.com, the place to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything that you need. We talked about it before. Brake parts tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet, whatever you're looking to do, whether it's a new car, car, an old car, classic, whatever you need for your car, rockauto.com has all the parts available for your car or truck. When you go there, make sure you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car is ever going to need. Save yourself the hassle, rockauto.com. Locked on SEC, rolling along, and super excited to catch up with this guy. Been covering the SEC for a long time. Multiple different outlets and schools. Can't wait to get his thoughts on week two of the SEC. He is our buddy Carter, the power. Bryant joins us now on Locked on SEC. Carter, what's going on, man? Gordy, I want you to do something for me right now. I need you to find... An erupting volcano, okay? Not only an erupting volcano, I need to have one with molten rock coming out of it. I want this to be the hottest volcano that you'll ever find because I thought it'd be a great idea to bet the Auburn money line this past weekend <laughs> because I said, oh, yeah, Bo Nix is taking a corner. And, oh, yeah, Seth Williams and Swartz and all these other great Auburn Tigers are going to break out on the road. At UGA. But guess what happened, Chris Cordy? That didn't happen. And here's the thing, Chris. This is why I shouldn't have done it. Because for a split second, and it happened right when I clicked send on my bet, I forgot that Auburn thought it was a bright idea to hire the worst SEC coach of all time (laughs) to run their offense. And then my girlfriend looked at me and said, "Oh, hey Carter, did you did you really did you bet Auburn?" My girlfriend said, "Oh yeah, I'm going to kick you out of our apartment." She kicked me out of our apartment because she figured out that I bet money that a Chad Morris coach team would go on the road and beat the ferocious Georgia Bulldogs. So guess what, Chris Gordy? I don't even deserve to be on this great podcast. <laughs> I don't deserve to be on the SEC 
lock neck work. And I don't deserve this. And I'm sorry I'm ranting. I'm sorry I'm raving. But I had to get this off my chest. And I want every one of your lovely listeners to look at me and say, God, Carter's an idiot. Well, Carter, you are in good company because I thought the same thing. I put money on I couldn't believe it Saturday when I kept seeing the money coming in on Georgia. I said, look at these fools. I'm going to get some great value, put some money on Auburn. I had been already been on the record last week saying I think Bo Nix takes that next step and matures, and I think they're going to be good. And I completely neg- negated the fact that Auburn's O-line is not very good this year so far, and Georgia's defense is a monster. And so thus – that's what we ended up with. But man, the, the guy I tipped my cap off to this week that I just, I was dogging him last week, Stetson Bennett. That kid is, Bye. he's getting the job done for Georgia and the reigning SEC freshman of the year in Bo Nix is not. Yeah. So here's the thing. I have no idea why Auburn thought Chad Morris would be a good hire to run their offense. And then on the opposite end of that, Chad Morris leaves Arkansas. They get a major upgrade at coach. They get Sam Pittman in there, who, by the way, was my number one candidate for Arkansas. A perfect fit. He he loved it when he coached at Arkansas under Bielema. Pittman leaves Georgia, hires two great assistants, Kendall Bryles and, of course, Barry Odom, formerly of Missouri. And Arkansas pulls probably the most shocking upset in the SEC over the weekend. I know a lot of you are saying Ole Miss over Kentucky, but for real, I think we can all agree that Arkansas over Mississippi State shocked a lot of people, especially after Mississippi State drug LSU around Baton Rouge the week before. You just see that. It's amazing. When Chad Morris is taken out of the system and out of the equation, and Chris, I know a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff at Arkansas, I knew how bad things were going under Chad Morris. I just knew that any coach would be an upgrade over the atrocity that was Arkansas football. <laughs> but guess what? Guess what they did? They hired the perfect coaching staff that fits that culture in Fayetteville. And it's a very weird culture at Arkansas. And that, to me, is what's very interesting. All these coaching changes and all these new coaches for the most part, have looked pretty good at their new program. Well, yeah, and I want to bounce around to a couple different uh, programs with you, but let's stay there for a second. Arkansas, I, I was a big fan of their two hire, one, bringing in Sam Pittman, but the two coordinator hires, Kendall Browles to run the offense and Barry Odom to run the defense. What did you make of Barry Odom's game plan on how he stopped Mike Leach in this air raid? Because, Carter, we went from – Week one, oh my God, look what Mike Leach did to the national champs in LSU. Oh my God, he's going to take the SEC by storm. And I was one of the ones saying that to week two. Oh my God, he only scored 14 points and the air raid was stifled by Barry Odom. Not only did they not only scored 14 points, they also gave up a pick six to start the game. You know, Barry Odom played this very smartly. Now, you know, I'm LSU. I do an LSU YouTube channel. So I was mostly watching that game, but I actually did go back and watch and sort of skim through this Arkansas-Mississippi State game. Barry Odom plays this very smart, and this is what you do against the airway, airway, air raid. You play soft zone defense, and you let that offense come to you. Obviously, Chris, you're an LSU guy, too. You watched uh, 
Bo Pelini continue for some reason to blitz Mississippi State. Even though LSU had a good pass rush, it was the worst defensive game plan and lack of adjustments I've ever seen. I think even Bo Pelini would agree with that. Arkansas did the opposite, and that was very smart from Barry Odom. And another thing we've learned about that Arkansas team and just all the SEC teams across the board, Gordy, experience really matters. Arkansas is a very experienced team. A lot of second-year starters getting snaps, whether it's bumper pool to the other side of the ball with Traylon Burks, Felipe Franks, the transfer quarterback. So when you have an experienced team, they know how to play the game, and all they needed was decent coaching, and you saw what Arkansas was able to do. Let me get your thoughts on A&M. Look, I, I thought when they tied it up 14-14 with Alabama, I thought, man, this is it. Jimbo, this is the team. It's his third year there. He's got the veteran quarterback at Kellen Mond. He's put together some great recruiting classes. They're pretty good up front on the defensive line. And then Alabama just went on to absolutely route them, scored 21 uh, in the second quarter, and Mac Jones just kept lobbing up 80-yard touchdown bombs the whole day. When is A&M ever going to take that next step for what they're paying? What is it, $75 million to Jimbo? Never. I, I, I don't see it. The one thing I do see is they, they continue to recruit in the top 10, top 15, top 20, but, you know, there's a lot of schools in the SEC doing that now. So, to me, they're fourth fiddle in the SEC West, and if you're a Texas A&M fan, you do have to panic because even though Mississippi State lost this past weekend, the three bottom feeders in the West, Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State, all look significantly better. They're all getting coached better than what they were the year before. So the gap between Texas A&M, who we viewed joining LSU, joining Alabama, joining Auburn at the top of the conference, has actually shrunk. Here's my biggest problem with A&M specifically, and I spoke to some A&M media members at the LSU A&M game last year. I don't like the way Jimbo coaches Kellen Mond. I think Jimbo overcoaches his players offensively. And what I mean by that is every single time it seems as if Kellen Mond is playing the quarterback position as if he doesn't want to disappoint Jimbo Fisher which is the exact opposite way you should play the quarterback position, especially now, Chris, with the way defensive schemes work. Quarterbacks should be able to make decisions on their own what to do with the football. And I don't think Kellen Mond plays that way. I think he wants to do the play as it's designed. And that's why you see Texas A&M's offense so static, so uncreative, oftentimes, they look very predictable, and that, to me, is at the crux of their problem, and also their secondary is very, very bad. Talking with Carter, the Power Bryant. You could check out his work on uh, YouTube, The Power Hour with uh, Carter Bryant. Just search that, and you will find it. Uh, an early thought on some of the games coming up this weekend, Carter. I, if, the, the one that intrigues me a lot, we just got done, done talking about A&M. Look, Florida has looked like a well-oiled machine so far. Kyle Pitts is unstoppable. Kyle Trask is on fire at quarterback. You go play an early 11 a.m. game on the road in College Station, maybe you can get caught sleepwalking a little bit. What's your early read on Florida at A&M? Yeah, Kyle Pitts is the best player in, in the SEC, and I, I think it's pretty clear that he is exactly that. 
I think the the number two player on that list is Jalen Waddle, but you know I think those two players have kind of separated themselves from the rest of the conference. That's obviously A&M's number one thing. Can they stop Kyle Pitts? Nobody has been able to stop Kyle Pitts. Heck, Kyle Pitts got the better of Derek Singley Jr. last year, and, and Derek Singley Jr. is one of the best defensive backs we've ever seen. So we're looking at a transcendent tight end. I mean, he is probably the best player in college football, not to overhype him, but, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves, whether it's the red zone, whether it's lining him up outside, whether it's lining him up with the hand in the dirt. This guy can do it all. Can they stop him? Can they make someone else not named Kyle Pitts or Tony, number one for Florida, beat them? That's going to be the big thing for Texas A&M. The, the 230 game this week is really intriguing just because, I, look, I think Tennessee is getting better under Jeremy Pruitt. Garantano is finally being that, you know, he can be that game manager, right? No interceptions this year. He can just be that steady hand with the good run game and good defense. But going to Athens, man, to play Georgia is, I heard somebody today say this is the best defense in college football in Georgia. Do you believe that to be true? I would have to say so. I mean, <laughs> They they can do a little bit of everything on that side of the football. Also, an experienced group there for old Kirby Smart. And, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I tried my best to watch the Georgia-Auburn replay. It just wanted me, it just wanted me to jump in that volcano so bad. It really did. It, and, I, and you know me, Chris. You know I normally make good, sound decisions. But that time I just got caught up in Auburn, and I don't know what I was thinking. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to bet the money line. I'm going to look all smart and fancy. But, you know, Georgia, ever since that bad first half against Arkansas, which makes sense, they're trying to figure out who their quarterback was going to be. This looks like a top five, top ten team in the country. The spread is interesting, though. Thirteen and a half. I actually like Tennessee to cover that simply because, that was such an emotional win last week for Georgia. So, you know, I think it's going to be close, but I think Georgia wins this one in a 31-21 to 21 type of game. All right, last thing, Carter. Uh, give me a thought on LSU. I know they play Mizzou this weekend, but looked like LSU looked more like they were supposed to look this past week against Vandy than that first week. Who the hell are these guys in the loss to Mississippi State? Here's the good thing if you're an LSU fan. And it's funny, I talked about all these teams, but you know, I mostly do LSU content on the Power Hour LSU, like you mentioned. This was a very weird game to evaluate Miles Brennan. Because yes, statistically he looked a lot better. He stepped up in the pocket. He was more decisive. He's lucky to have Terrace Marshall Jr., one of the best wide receivers in college football, playing at an extremely high level. The one thing Miles Brennan has to learn how to do, though, look off of safety, continue to step up in the pocket, continue to be confident in your reads. If he shows another step in that direction, you feel a lot better about LSU going forward. Now, defensively, LSU has some studs. I mean, I've, I've been very impressed with their young guys. They looked a lot better against Vanderbilt. They should roll Missouri 20 points as the spread. I think LSU covers this easily. Final score, let's go 48-14 to 14 LSU. Awesome. Love it. Great stuff, Carter. Really appreciate the time, man. We'll have to do this again get your thoughts around the SEC. One more time, let our folks know where they can find your work. Well, you can find everything, carterthepower.com, whether it's 
sports collecting stuff, but more SEC stuff. You can find it all there. Or if you're just a YouTube person, Power Hour LSU. It's film study. It's diehard LSU stuff. But if you follow me on social media, I talk about all the SEC schools. But, Chris, this is my problem with you, and I want you or one of your listeners that are out there, please find me this volcano because I still (laughs) deserve to jump into a volcano. Molten I mean, I want the rock to be fire. I want it to feel like I'm jumping into the center of the core of the earth. Okay, I want this molten rock to be hotter than a Skip Bayless take after the NBA Finals. That's how hot I want this rock to be. But anyway, hopefully this next slate of SEC games will be a little bit easier for me. But thank you so much, Chris. I appreciate it. Thanks, Carter. I'll buy you a Bo Nix jersey. It's in the mail. Appreciate the time, man. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, man. Anytime. Carter the Power Bryant. Always good to uh, talk all things SEC football with him here on the Locked On SEC Podcast. Coming up next, some must-hear audio from Mike Leach giving the air raid siren to the media. You don't want to miss it. A quick minute here for our friends at Built Bar. They are the best-tasting protein bar ever. I know a lot of those protein bars out there you get at health stores. They look good, and once you open them, they have that gross, chalky taste, and you end up taking a couple bites and throwing them away. That is not the case with Built Bar. They have got 18 amazing flavors, including six new ones. My favorite, the cookies and cream. It is so good, you don't even realize what you're eating is actually good for you. You can grab one after a workout. Or look, if you're just looking to lose or maintain your weight, try to get away from some of those fast foods. This could be a great option for you if you're looking to go down that path. Built Bars are low in calories, low in sugar, high protein, and high fiber. And just head to BuiltBar.com. You want to use the promo code Locked On. You will get $10 off your next order. But you have to use the promo code Locked On. You get $10 off. And you'll be on your way to eating better, feeling better as you get ready for this SEC football season at BuiltBar.com. Roll along here, Locked On SEC. Remember to subscribe to our podcast. We're here with you five days a week talking all things SEC football. We're going to get to that Mike Leach clip in a second, talking about the air raid siren. But real quick, some updated odds to win the SEC in Vegas. Alabama, the odds-on favorite at minus 180 right now. Florida with the second-best chances at plus 275. Georgia is plus 300. That's some pretty good value on Georgia if you want to take a chance on perhaps the best defense in the country some long shots, you got Tennessee at plus 2,000, Auburn at plus 2,500, as well as Texas A&M, LSU at plus 3,300, as well as Mississippi State, and then behind them, Kentucky at plus 6,600, and then your real long shots, Ole Miss at plus 15,000, Arkansas at plus 25,000, as well as South Carolina, Mizzou at plus 50,000, and Vandy at plus 75,000. So just the latest Vegas odds on the uh, odds to win the SEC this year, but Alabama, the overwhelming favorite, followed by Florida and Georgia. That seems to be the consensus, though we are only two weeks into the season. A lot can happen before this season ends. Uh, Also, the SEC did announce their TV schedule for next week. Remember, they do it a week in advance. We already know what the games look like this weekend, but the following weekend, Saturday, October 17th, it's been announced Auburn at South Carolina 
and Kentucky at Tennessee will be the two early games. They'll play at 11 a.m. Central, 12 Eastern. They still need to decide which one's going to be on ESPN and which one on SEC Network. In the afternoon, a rarity. We're going to get LSU at Florida, 2.30, 3.30 Eastern on ESPN. This is the first. feels like LSU at Florida is always your CBS game, but because CBS has the rights to Georgia at Alabama, that's the night game on CBS, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern, Georgia at Alabama. And then your other games that weekend, Ole Miss will be at Arkansas at 2.30, 3.30 Eastern on ESPN2. A&M at Mississippi State will be at 4 p.m. Eastern on SEC Network. And Vandy at Mizzou will be at 7.30 Eastern on the SEC Network. So there you go. That's your TV schedule for next week. Before we uh, get out of here, you got to hear the best audio of the week. Mike Leach talking about the air raid as well as the air raid siren. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so he comes in there with this siren and and says, you know, here, look what I got. And he turns that thing on, you know, and it's just, you know, loud as can be because it's echoing off those walls. What? What? You know, so it goes and just let it rip, right? And so then Bob would stand in the end zone and um, he would turn that thing on, you know, like when we'd score. Used used to be when we'd score. Well, then after a while, him and his friends had so much fun with it, they'd just blast it for anything, just randomly, whenever they felt like it, you know. Um, <clears throat> from there, they started calling it the air raid. And, uh, and, and, and I'm kind of credited with the idea to call it the air, because I said, well, hey, we could call it the air raid, you know. And so it kind of stuck. Well, first of all, I hope that's not the last time we hear you do an air raid siren, Mike. Uh, I, 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 didn't I didn't do it very good. good. I, I bet, bet I could I do it better. better. I, 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 I have, have to hear it again. again. Yeah. Here, get an air raid siren on your phone there. Let's 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 do this some justice. When he's got it, we'll tell you. All right, go ahead. See, I'm going to get my grandkids one of these things so that they can, you know, my daughter and her husband, they need to hear this because I went to years of random noises and rambunctiousness and broken toys. And, that, and broken glass. I'm going to buy each of my grandkids one of those. Um, go ahead. Well, now that you've heard it again, give us your best shot at it again. It was slower than I went. I can't. I can't do it. I, I'll have to work on it. Maybe. Maybe next time. I got. I got to work on that. Yeah. That is another epic week of audio from Mike Leach. I swear, we're just going to make that a segment on the show, the weekly best soundbite from Mike Leach. Every week it gets more and more ridiculous. What was it, two weeks ago he gave us the good cut about uh, going to Tiger Stadium and old ladies giving him the bird, and here's Mike Leach doing an air raid siren with his mouth. Absolutely unbelievable. But that's why we love having Mike Leach in the SEC. He gives you things like that. That is just about going to do it for this edition of the Locked On SEC Podcast. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. We're going to get into starting to look at some of the games coming up this weekend. Really good slate of games, although a lot of double-digit point spreads again. They're just not respect. Every week, this is why we're having upsets. Not respecting some of these teams in an SEC on SEC schedule. You can follow me, Chris Gordy, on Twitter, at Chris Gordy. Follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked On SEC. Be sure to subscribe and follow us. And make us your favorite podcast and give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcast. Locked on SEC. Here for you five days a week. Talk to you guys tomorrow.